All right, we continue the conversation on the talking point nine after 11 o'clock. Welcome to the third and final hour of the show. So coming up in this hour, we'll be in conversation with Dr. Pumzlim Lambo Nguga. We're talking about the 2030 reading panel that she has convened. And it's all really in a response to getting all of South Africa's reading by 2030. Um, what are some of the ideas that you might have around how exactly we get that done? In the open line, Sydney in Aconhoek said dual language is a good starting point. So allowing children to be able to uh, practice and speak more than one language from as early as possible uh, could be a big contributing factor. When we look at the literacy rates and why they're so low, um, do we actually understand what the contributing factors behind that are. I know the issue of mother tongue is a really, really big issue. Um, and the way in which we respond to it is not just, I think, by you know saying that people need to read more, but are we producing books and products in languages that people speak so that when they actually have the opportunity to go to school, to study, um, they, they've been able to grasp that mother tongue um, and, and, and learn it and learn how to read it before they even get to the age of, of grade one. Because it's not good being able just to highlight um, what the problems with the system are. But are we coming up with effective solutions that enable us as, as communities to, to respond decisively to those problems, I think, uh, is one of the things that, that we also need to do. Um, so if you perhaps are part of a community reading group um, and, and, and are working in particular with young children uh, when it comes to matters of, of reading and literacy, I want to know what your experiences have been. Uh, how would you say we need to fix this problem of literacy of the literacy rate. And um, they've been able to convene quite uh, a big panel of, of, pre, uh, of uh, prominent uh, people in, in the country, all of whom are going to be working together to drive this one objective of getting South Africans reading. And um, they, they, they've put together a report. And uh, among some of the people that are on this panel uh, include the likes of um, Andre Gom, he's a commissioner with the Human Rights Commission, uh, Bobby Gotsell, Colin Coleman, Professor Jonathan Jansen, um, Jay Naidu, Professor Njabulun Debele, uh, Archbishop Tawoma Khoba, um, Dr. Uh, Hulisani Ravele, so Professor Michael Sachs. So many of these names are names that um, South Africans would be familiar with. Um, and again, if we are to ensure that our children can read, not only can read, but can also read for meaning, can read for meaning, um, the, being emphasis on the reading for meaning, being uh, the operative words. What is it that we can start doing today uh, to try and and, 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 and and fix the problem? So that's the conversation that we'll have in a moment with Dr. Pumzilem Lambunguka. We're going to take a quick break and I'm back with her after this. Here, there and everywhere. SAFM 105.3 FM in Uppington. 
The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Uh, Dr. Pumzilem Lambunuka, welcome to the show. Good morning. Hi, hi. Good morning. Good morning to you and your listeners. Sure. Thank you so much for making time for us. So, with the work that you're doing as chair of the 2030 reading panel, the, the report you've put together, of course, is quite extensive. It, it details why um, we have a problem in the first place and the fact that if nothing is done, then the, the literacy rates will only worsen with time. I want to zoom in, though, on the fact that um, you've looked at the interventions that have been put in place, and, and there hasn't been a shortage of, of, of interventions right the there have been programs that have been run a big scale and small scale lots of money put towards those projects what has that what has your research found in that regard um well we have found that uh, this is a problem that is solvable that uh, if we implement these programs consistently that if we use a uh, even the limited resources that we have, we can see great improvements. We are seeing now that uh, the Eastern Cape, uh, which has decided to really focus on their foundation level learners, they are providing them uh, workbooks, they are training the teachers, Uh, they are beginning to lift the system we are seeing the same in the Northern Cape, which, which were the two provinces that last year were not one of the provinces that were listed as the, as the provinces that were moving forward. But obviously we would have loved that by now we are reporting that all the provinces are on board. Uh, the other provinces are also trying, but they are not at the same level as the Eastern Cape and the Northern Cape. And of course, Gauteng and uh, in Western Cape, uh, other provinces uh, that are are ahead. So really our call would be to the provinces that have not uh, started pushing earnestly, that they should uh, get on the boat and, and, and run with it, that they should use the resources that are there, such as the presidential employment uh, initiative, which enable them to hire teacher assistants who work with the teachers who are teaching um, early, early grade literacy. So, you know, it's not like there is nothing at all that is happening. It's not happening fast enough. It's not happening big enough in some cases. The, the Eastern Cape is quite an interesting example because what has also been found in the Eastern Cape has been the issue of not only the promotion of mother tongue, but in, being able to um, sort of integrate the use of, 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 of mother tongue, especially in that early childhood development phase. Um, and, and, and that's part of what is also being pointed to for, for, for the successes with their, with their current program. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. I think that uh, we have come a long way from thinking that uh, in English, the English language was the medium of instruction for everybody to recognizing that for children who live in communities where mother tongue is spoken, where they speak mother tongue at home, 
where they think in, in, in mother tongue, which is an African language, it is important to provide uh, that as a medium of instruction. And uh, once the system, as it happened in the, in, the, in the Eastern Cape, grasped that and began to implement it across the province, you know, we're seeing the results now that uh, it's making a positive impact. And of course, there's lots of studies, not just about us, but, uh, but about other parts of the world, about how mother tongue has helped to improve the learning outcomes. Use of mother, mother tongue has improved learning outcomes. One of the things that that you've also done in this report is that you've tried to look at the impact of the projects that have been run. Um, some of them have been your wholesale national projects that have had lots of money, lots of resources put into them. Uh, the others have been small-scale projects done perhaps at, at, at a very local level, um, not so big in scale. What have you found to be more impactful? Um, because I would imagine that this is also going to guide what you want to do as the reading panel. Yeah. You know, because as the reading panel, we support public education. We want the largest number of children to benefit from the initiatives that uh, are being implemented in the education sector. We still want to encourage uh, the departments of education provincially and nationally to be the ones that are on the lead because they can reach the largest number of the children um, uh, throughout the country. But obviously, because the numbers are then um, going to be so high, they may not be in a position to provide if you like a Rolls-Royce service, but there should be some minimum uh, uh, quality, minimum quality of intervention that makes the intervention meaningful. Workbooks, for instance, have to be provided. Teacher training, both in service and of course, pre-service, because also the role of universities, must not keep on bringing people who are undertrained into the into the school system that also has has to be in in place and of course the role of parents and the conversation in the community through radio stations which encourages the children to have all of those things must hang together and if you have your departments of education involved you have a better chance of bringing in all of these stakeholders to work together to to take the implementation forward. When it comes to the interventions that you have in mind, um, I would imagine that it also matters how the intervention takes place. And um, there's two sets of, of, of research that um, again, as referenced in your in your report, that that I think will be important for us um, to look at, and this is really the success rate where you where other organisations have gone into schools and have supplied additional resources. By that I mean, had a teacher that is serving as an assistant um, in a classroom and 
that has proven to have results because often, you know, when we th- when we think about the the literacy pro- problem, um, we talk about building more libraries, but even where libraries have been built, it doesn't necessarily mean that those libraries are being used as as effectively as they could be. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not just uh, the availability of infrastructure; it is actually uh, the engagement with the learners and the teachers in order to make sure that uh, the the people we are trying to assist um, are really, uh, you know, engaging and uh, they are reading the books, uh, we, we are evaluating them, we are seeing the, the impact these interventions are having on them in, 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 in real time. Um, also, I want to go back to the issue of parents. Um, many families where parents are uneducated, the reality is that many children will never see their parent read. Uh, in many homes, there are no books. So a home where a child spends uh, a lot of time it does not give the child the inspiration and the encouragement that they need. And that is the, 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 the reality of poor children. And we've been saying to, to parents, parents must ask the children, what did you learn at school today? Read for me. They must ask the child questions about what they are reading. If a child reads a paragraph, the, the, the parents must try and test that the child has understood the paragraph by asking some questions. Even when the parent cannot read, parent, parent must pick up a newspaper or something and even pretend that they are reading. Pick up a Bible and pretend that they are reading. We really have to fortify the ecosystem of reading in such a way that uh, we make children believe that uh, reading is important to their parents, is important to them, is important in the community. Yeah, th- th- those are all such such important points and, and really getting parents to um, take a proactive interest in, in their children's lives, in their uh, children's activities, school activities, and be engaged to that level, uh, I think is, is really important. How are you planning and, on... Oh, uh, sure, go ahead, that, go ahead. Yeah, just to say that, you know, when when we used to talk about uh, literacy, mm. you, you remember, we, also, we all used to talk about adults' basic literacy because it just was not something that we thought was possible that there would be child illiteracy because children were going to school. We have now come full circle where the ones who are going to school every day are coming out illiterate. So that means that there is something in the schools that we are not doing well. So I I want to emphasize the importance of teacher support and teacher training. It means that uh, the training of teachers does not prepare them for, for this work. And if you think of a child who goes through foundational phase and goes through grade four without having learned to read, 
can you imagine how the le- the rest of the educational journey of that child is going to be like? That child is likely to drop out and that child is likely to lose interest in education. So we really are creating the unemployed class by not doing the proper thing right at the beginning. So what is the solution then that you are proposing through the setup of um, this reading panel, the 2030 reading panel? Uh, Well, we we are proposing that um, educators, government, and everyone who is part of the work in education regard early reading, writing, and counting as a priority in education. Uh, You know, we've been prioritizing um, grade 12, and for good reasons, of course, but maybe we have gone uh, to that direction even at the expense of the earlier grades. So we are calling for a focus on these early grades, because if we don't do it, it means that we will have less and less children who will make it to grade 12 even. And we are asking that government policy points us in that direction. We now are in the election season. I really would like to call on the political parties to make sure that in their manifestos, they flag this issue very seriously. We would like to see that all political parties have a good understanding of the challenges that we're facing in education and that they they take action and they uh, solve these problems in the event that they are the ones that get uh, into power. Secondly, we want to ask that provinces utilize uh, the resources that are there in the system uh, in order to support their teachers. They must make sure that they hire the teacher assistants who must be trained, of course. The teachers must be trained. They must have workbooks, but they must utilize the resources that are there uh, and they must deploy these uh, teacher assistants uh, in the schools. There is still money in that. That's, it's not every day that you talk about money being available. This is one part where there is still money. So the provinces that are lagging behind must utilize this money and make it available. And then there's another area. We've been talking about reading for meaning, which means that we don't want the child just to know uh, you know, the, to, 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 to look at a script and just read a sentence, read the words. But as they read, they must comprehend what they are re- reading. They must get the meaning of, the, of, of what uh, is conveyed in, 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 in that piece of information. But now we have a, a, a smaller but growing number of children who can't read at all, let alone reading for meaning. So we are saying that as we mm-hmm. are pushing for children to read for meaning, we must also be looking 
at the children who cannot read at all, all right. so that we show that everybody uh, is not being left behind. All right. I'm, I'm going to pause you there. We'll continue the conversation in a moment. We're speaking to Dr. Pumzile Mlambunguga. She is the chair of the 2030 reading panel. It's 11.30. Time for your latest headlines. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. All right, we're continuing the conversation focusing on the country's literacy problem. And uh, Dr. Pumzle Mlambo Nguga is the chair of the 2030 reading panel. And she's our guest for this morning. You know, as you were speaking um, before we went to the news headlines, I can't help but think that if we have young people that are being produced out of the system today, and they cannot read and and they cannot read for meaning. Does that not point to what is really an incredible failure on the part of our education system? Um, well, the teachers who are the critical uh, people uh, in the teaching of children need all the supports we can give them. I think uh, those who train teachers really have to be very much concerned. And uh, we, uh, we are now at the, at the reading panel and we are hearing from the universities that yes, there are efforts that are being made in order to, to, to address uh, this. Uh, and it's not just the ones that are in pre-service training, it's also the ones that are in service training, so as to make sure that they continue to upgrade themselves and, 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 and to be relevant. Because indeed, to be in school, even for two, three, four years as mm. a child, and not have anything to show, it's quite worrying. I mean, you remember as children and the children that you know in your family, how exciting is it is at the end of the year when the children come and they have passed, they show you their reports. You know that they've taken a step further in their journey in life. And if children go to school every day and at the end of six months, one year, a child has not uh, gained anything it, it's it's even um, unfair to the children to put them through all of this for what i mean in what ways does the success of of any intervention really rest with the ability of the education department um, and in particular, the basic education department, because they deal with the with the foundation phase, um, to be able to strengthen um, its own mechanisms and 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 hold accountable um, its own teachers and and train them up where it's needed to be to be fit for for the job. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's the. Uh, Department of Basic Education and all of us, we really have to make sure that parents, communities, NGOs, academics 
are all involved in making sure that our education system works. It's gone past now the level where you can just say it's the Department of, of Education. This is a societal issue. We all have to get involved and push for something that will give us much better results than we have. What are the targets that, that you have in mind um, for, your, for your proposed solutions? And, and I know that you, you, you're calling on provinces to, to, to take the lead. You're calling on, on, on the department to also take the lead. But um, beyond that, uh, are there ways in which you're going to be wanting to engage um, officials, education officials, whether nationally or provincially? Um, yes, actually, they are also invited in this two-day um, sitting that we have where we are reviewing uh, all of these issues so that uh, we are not talking past each other. We are actually sitting around the table and, and, and discussing both the problems and, this, and, and, this, and the solutions. Uh, as you know, we are called the 2030 Reading Panel. We really would like to see that by 2030, which is the end of the SDGs, we have pushed as hard as we can. We want to make sure that the children that are falling between the cracks as we speak are not left there where they have fallen on. We pick them up and we reinsert them into the system so that they can um, they can proceed we do need more robust strategies on the part of government and, and on the part of everyone else because uh, if we just go with uh, the usual pace of doing things we will not be in a position to, to to turn around the system. You know, systems are so hard to, to to turn around. Every year lost is children falling uh, between between the cracks. So yes, uh, this panel is about mobilizing and encouraging people to raise their hands and to to get involved. And the nice thing about education is that education is not as controversial as other things, we all need it. And teachers are teachers of everyone, irrespective of their race, color, political affiliation, etc. This is one thing as South as you know, South Africa Inc. We can all do together and turn around. The universities, uh, I would imagine, may have been able to provide quite a lot of insight um, in terms of, of, of what they're seeing. How far back is, is, is the problem that we're dealing with now? Because if we're talking about corrective steps, then um, I would imagine for those that have already left the education system, including um, those that would have perhaps made it into higher education but dropped out primarily due to these uh, challenges and, and difficulties in, in learning that will, of course, become apparent once one is at a certain level of, of education. Um, so, so if we were to correct the problem, from which age group 
do we need to be targeting? And and I would imagine. I suppose my question is based of the premise that, you know, you could well be looking at at others that are post school that that would also uh, be sitting with the same issue. Well, well, yes, probably because we also would like to support second chances, but we don't see ourselves as being in a position to play in that space because I think that would be uh, difficult and far-fetched. I think we want to make sure that we are intensely focused on the foundation phase, but that we have interventions and actors and role players who are covering the school system from uh, the earliest grades uh, well up to grade 12, because the problem exists in every phase. And at at each phase, you you need different strategies to save the children, because once a child has somehow slipped through primary school into middle school and all the way up without having learned properly to learn, there's a different method that you'd have to use in order to help them uh, to, 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 to unlearn the bad habits that they've learned all mm. along and to get in, 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 into the right track. But of the younger ones, the, the, the foundation level, we really have to ground them to learn the right way so that there has to be a cutoff point when the system does not give us children who are not suitable for the purpose anymore we cannot continue uh, uh, you you know sending children into the school system that have no tools to to maneuver through the school system and we cannot continuously send teachers that have not been trained properly who know how to uh, teach as well as how to identify those uh, who have been affected uh, by the experiences they've had in the education system. All right. Kathy, I'm so sorry. I am chairing on the other side in the reading panel, yes. and I, I, have to, I have to be running back. <laughs> no, that's not a problem, uh, Dr. Pumzilem Lambunguka. We'll leave it there with you for this morning. She's the chair of the 2030 reading panel. Uh, Thank you. Thank sh- you, Kathy. Sure. Mkabele, you're calling us from the Eastern Cape. Good morning. Yeah, Kathy, hi. Listen, I think this thing is a lot broader than what the doctor is saying there. Mm. And and I feel it's first and foremost, let's start, it, it's a, a public system versus private or model C system. Secondly, if you take do, a child do, 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 a, do you think, some Kabela, that it can be reduced solely to, to that? Well, it, there's only one way to assess that, Casey, and that is the quality of the child that you are getting at foundation level from your former Model C former and your current private schools can by no means be compared to the public system. That's, that's, that's where we've got to start. They, they, so hence I'm saying, let me make my point first. Mm, okay, if, you go take ahead. A, a, if you take a class teacher at foundation level who is expected ne, to, to teach kids 70, 75 in a class compared to a private school or Model C school where they might have 15 or 20 or 25 kids, they're already, the, the odds are set against that one. Then when Umamungu is saying uh, a support for the team, what, what does he mean by that? 
Because that support should then be to say, but firstly, let us address the, the learner ratio, which is the numbers of the learners versus the teachers. Shouldn't we build more schools so, so that the, 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 the teacher doesn't have to be overextended? Because that makes her ineffective versus what your private school teacher would be. So I'm saying those are some of the, if you talk about support, those are some of the things that we should be asking and addressing it holistically and not just solely putting the blame on the teacher who's expected to perform, yet having to look after 70 kids in one class. Uh, surely most, we're not expecting to produce magic there. It's, it's a great point, Mkabela. It's a great point to raise. Um, Kabela's out in the Eastern Cape. Frank, in Maritzburg, good morning. Yes, good morning, ma'am. How are you? I'm well, thank you, Frank. I'm good. I've been listening and following to what the uh, presenter was doing. I mean, the, um, the lady from the department, is it from the Department of Education? No, she, or... she's not from the department. Um, Dr. Pumzilem Lambungnuka. Okay. She's the chair of the reading panel. Thank you. It is a real challenge. Why am I saying so? Because if I ask a question, what is the ratio for the foundation phase in a class? What is the ratio? Because we seeing now when this year when I went to register for my daughter, there are a number of kids more than like 50 in a, in, in a class for a foundation phase for grade ARA. Now, how do you expect that my daughter, who is among the 50 kids in a class, is going to learn when there is a unison answer of well, so when the teachers say this is A, all of them that say this is A. By the end of the day, when they get back home, when you try to ask a child, can you write for me A, is failing to do so. And number two, we, I'm, I'm, I'd like to speak to the parents. If you are registering your daughter or your, your son in a grade or in a foundation phase, where you know it's not that he or she is not going to private school, which means that you know your child is going where there's a 50 to 60 ratio in a class against one or two teachers. Then the parents at home, may you play your, your major role to teach yeah. your children yeah. at home. And point number three. Okay, right now, Frank, think, yes. unfortunately, yes. I'm completely out of time. So I don't have uh, time for you to make your point number three. But uh, you've both made really, really valid points around the ratios of learners in classrooms and how that in and of itself also becomes an impediment to the quality of learning that that can take place. Unfortunately, that's where we're going to have to leave it with that conversation. A big thank you to uh, Dr. Pumzilem Lambungnuka and of course all of our uh, listeners who called in to give their feedback too. That's where we leave it for today. Up next is the book reading.